Okie dokie. Hello and welcome back to the Daily Bible Reading Show. Uh, I'm looking at a very long, seriously long chapter today. So this is 1 Kings chapter 7 and it goes all the way down here. Ah, verse 51. But let's look at this together. This is 1 Kings chapter 7 and verse 1. Solomon was building his own house for 13 years and he finished his entire house. He built the house of the forest of Lebanon. Its length was a hundred cubits, very long, and its breadth 50 cubits and its height 30 cubits. And it was built on four rows of cedar pillars with cedar beams on the pillars and it was covered with cedar above the chambers that were on the 45 pillars, 15 in each row. There were window frames in three rows and window opposite window in three tiers. All the doorways and windows had square frames and window was opposite window in three tiers. So what do we see here? We see Solomon's palace and he took a really long time uh, to build it. 13 years, which is a lot longer than the seven years that he spent building the temple. And we can see why. So just one of the buildings, the first one is called the House of the Forest of Lebanon. This is just one of the buildings. Uh, it was a hundred cubits long. If you remember yesterday, we looked at the dimensions of the temple. The longest bit was 60. And I think it was like 30 and 20, something like that. But here it's 150 and 30. So just one building was bigger than the entire temple. And it's called uh, the House of the Forest of Lebanon. The reason for this is because there are all these cedar pillars, lots of wood pillars, but also lots of wooden panels. It's covered with wood. So I think uh, maybe, maybe when you walk into the hall of this building, it looks like you're in the forest because it's just all wood everywhere. And it keeps repeating the phrase, uh, windows, opposite windows in three tiers, in verse 4 and in verse 5. Meaning there's lots of sunlight, I guess, you know, as you walk in, and all these windows illuminating this huge wooden interior, this huge space that could fit the whole temple into it. And that's just one building. <laughs> verse 6, and he made the hall of pillars... Its length was 50 cubits and its breadth 30 cubits, also very huge. Uh, there was a porch in front with pillars and a canopy in front of them. Imagine walk, walking into this hall and there's pillars everywhere. Very impressive. Verse 7, And he made the hall of the throne where he was to pronounce judgment. Even the hall of judgment, it was finished with cedar from floor to rafters. So this place where he sits as judge, I think it's meant to be intimidating. It's a special place just for him to do this one job of pronouncing judgments in the land. Verse 9, um, sorry, verse 8, his own house, so his, the place where he sleeps, where he was to dwell in the other court back of the hall was of like workmanship. Solomon also made a house like this hall, for Pharaoh's daughter, whom he'd taken in marriage. So one house for himself, one house for his wife, the daughter of Pharaoh, 
So instead of two bedrooms, he has two buildings, <laughs> one for each. Verse 9, all these were made of costly stones cut according to measure, sawn with saws back and front, even from the foundation to the coping, and from the outside to the great court. The foundation was of costly stones, huge stones, stones of eight and ten cubits, so these huge slabs of stone. Uh, imagine, I guess like the White House maybe? Oh, was it? Was that made out of stone? But yeah, I mean, this is an ancient building, but it's all these slabs of stone. It's meant to be very intimidating, really huge, and very, very solid. Yeah. And above were costly stones cut according to measure and cedar. The great court had three courses of cut stone all around and a course of cedar beams. So had the inner court of the house of the Lord and the vestibule of the house. And this is um, Solomon's palace in a series of buildings. Very, very large, very impressive. Also very beautiful, I guess. And he put so much effort into it, 13 years, to build his own home. Shows, I guess, his priority. You know, he really wanted to put all this effort, all these resources into building God's temple, but maybe even more so, his own temple, his own place of residence. <laughs> Maybe not a good sign. Yeah. Verse 13, And King Solomon sent and brought Hiram from Tyre. He was the son of a widow of the tribe of Naphtali, and his father was a man of Tyre, a worker in bronze. And he was full of wisdom, understanding, and his skill for making any work in bronze. He came to King Solomon and did all his work. So this guy, his name is Hiram. And he comes from this place called Tyre. And this is, it's just worth mentioning this because if you follow the series, a few chapters ago, we met another Hiram, King Hiram, and he supplied all the wood. This is a different guy. And I think that's why he tells us his family story. You know, his mom is a widow, his dad died, but his dad kind of like taught him everything he knows about making stuff from bronze. And this description of his skill of his creativity, if you like. You know, he's an artisan. He has wisdom, understanding, and skill. It's reminiscent of, I can't remember the guy's name, but there was one guy who was with Moses. When Moses built the tabernacle, he had this creative guy as well to help him design the tabernacle. And so Solomon has the equivalent. There are overtones here of what Moses was doing with the tabernacle and what Solomon was doing with now the temple that both involved lots of resources, lots of people, lots of huge scale, but also beauty and creativity. And God blesses people with that in order to um, you know, build his temple, to build his residence. I think it's a reflection as well. When God gives us these gifts, you know, to think about how we can use it for his glory. And that's what Hiram from Tyre did. Okay, let's read on. Uh, very, very long. Let me just warn you, we are only at verse 14 so far. So there are a lot, lot of verses about what Hiram did. So this one guy, I don't think he did it himself, but he was in charge of designing a lot of stuff that was built out of bronze, 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 bronze. Yeah. So the first bit is about the pillars. So these two huge pillars. Verse 15. He cast two pillars of bronze. 18 cubits was the height of one pillar, 
and a line of 12 cubits measured its circumference. It was hollow, and its thickness was four fingers. Imagine like, this is how thick the bronze that was used to build this pillar. The second pillar was the same. He also made two capitals of cast bronze to set on top of the pillars. Now, a capital is like a decoration on top of the pillar. So it's very ornate, lots of design work that goes into it. The height of one capital was five cubits and the height of the other capital was five cubits. There were lattices of checker work with wreaths of chain work for the capitals on the tops of the pillars, a lattice for one capital and lattice for the other capital. Likewise, he made pomegranates in two rows around the one lattice work to cover the capital that was on top of the pillar, and he did the same with the other capital. So, so far, both of them look identical. Verse 19, now the capitals that were on the top of the pillars in the vestibule were of lily work, four cubits. The capitals were on the two pillars and also above the rounded projection which was beside the lattice work. These were 200 pomegranates in two rows all around and so with the other capital. He set up the pillars at the vestibule of the temple. He set up the pillar on the south and called its name Jachin. And he set up the pillar on the north and called its name Boaz. And on the tops of the pillars were was lily work. Thus the work of the pillars was finished. So, so many verses. This describing these huge pillars, but imagine again, entirely out of bronze. And so much detail, pomegranates, 200 pomegranates, made one by one by one by one, 200, decorating these impressive monuments, these pillars made out of bronze. They must have glistened in the sunlight. Okay, verse 23. Now we are looking at this thing called the sea of cast metal. A sea is just a huge bowl containing a lot of water. Verse 23. Then he made a sea of cast metal. It was round, 10 cubits from brim to brim, and 5 cubits high, and a line of 30 cubits measured its circumference, going all round. Under its brim were girds, these these vegetables, <laughs> for 10 cubits, compassing the sea all round. The girds were in two rows, cast with it when it was cast. It stood on 12 oxen, three facing north, three facing west, three facing south, and three facing east. So all these cows, oxen, kind of like holding up the, the big bowl. The sea was set on them and all their rear part were inward, meaning they're all facing outwards. You don't see their butts. <laughs> its thickness was a hand breadth, and its brim was made like a brim of a cup, like the flower of a lily. It held 2,000 baths. How much is that? There's a footnote here. A bath was 6 gallons or 22 liters. So 2,000 times 22 liters. That's how many liters of water, lots of water. Hence, it's called like the sea. It's like looking into the sea. There's so much water there. Okay, so that's that huge bowl. Now it's going to describe, um, this is probably the longest bit. So sorry about that. It's very, very long. Maybe I shouldn't apologize, but just to prepare you. 
<laughs> for how long this section is going to be is just going to be talking about these 10 stands of bronze and these 10 stands are for these 10 basins of bronze so verse 27 he also made the 10 stands of bronze each stand was four cubits long four cubits wide and three cubits high this was the construction of the stands they had panels and the panels were set in the frames and on the panels that were set in the frames were lions oxen and cherubim on the frames both above and below the lion and oxen there were wreaths of beveled work moreover each stand had four bronze wheels and axles of bronze and at the four corners were supports for a basin the supports were cast with wreaths at the side of each its opening was within a crown that projected upward one bit its opening was round as a pedestal is made a cubit and a half deep at its opening there were carvings and its panels were square not round and the four wheels were underneath the panels the axles of the wheels were of one piece with the stands and the height of the wheel was a cubit and a half the wheels were made like a chariot wheel their axles their rims their spokes and their hubs were all cast there were four supports at the four corners of each stand the supports were of one piece with the stands and on the top of the stands there was a round band half a cubit high and on the top of the stand its stays and its panels were of one piece with it and on the surfaces of its stays and on its panels he carved cherubim lions and palm trees according to the space of each and with wreaths all round after this manner he made the ten stands all of them were cast alike of the same measure and the same form so it's meant to be a very detailed description of very ornate features so he decorates each stand you know there are angels there are vegetables but there are also all these beasts and oxen and lions as well and there's so much detail and work that goes into making it look beautiful and these are just stands for bowls but again it shows again you know the skill that was taken in that was used to design these things and also the creativity and the beauty that resulted from that and i think it just elevates it elevates creativity it elevates beauty and artwork into something that is almost spiritual you know god give the, gives these things to be reflected in his dwelling place and that somehow what you're able to see and in what artists are able to produce well it's a reflection of heaven and god's throne you know it's a picture of what god is like you know he is surrounded by glory and majesty and beauty and hence you know when we have the skill to reproduce this you know we should give glory to god who gave us this these these skills and these gifts verse 38 and he made 10 basins of bronze each basin held 40 baths each basin measured four cubits and there was a basin for each of the 10 stands and he set the stands five on the south side of the house and five on the north side of the house and he set the sea at the southeast corner of the house so this is talking about god's house talking about the temple verse 40 hiram also made the pots the shovels and the basins all the utensils 
So Hiram finished all the work that he did for King Solomon and the house of the Lord. The two pillars, the two bowls for the, of the capitals that were on top of the pillars, and the two lattice works that covered the two bowls of the capitals that were on top of the pillars. Oh, I didn't realize there were actually bowls on top of the pillars. And the 400 pomegranates on the two lattice works, two rows of pomegranates for each lattice work to cover the two bowls of the capitals that were on the pillars, the 10 stands and the 10 basins of the stands, and the one sea and the 12 oxen underneath the sea. A very good summary of all the stuff that he made out of bronze just for God's temple. Now the pots, the shovels, and the basins, all these vessels in the house of the Lord, which Hiram made for King Solomon, were of burnished bronze. In the plain of the Jordan, the king cast them in the clay ground between Sukkoth and Zarithan. And Solomon left all the vessels unweighed because there were so many of them. The weight of the bronze was not ascertained. Too much, too much to weigh. <laughs> Blank check, you know, make everything out of bronze. Verse 48, now he starts making stuff out of gold. So verse 48, so Solomon made all the vessels that were in the house of the Lord. So all this is outside, it's made by Hiram, and is made out of bronze. But here the focus switches to inside the temple. And what's interesting is it says that Solomon made these. So it's giving responsibility of the stuff inside that costs a lot more, it's made out of gold, it attributes it to Solomon. And so it says, So Solomon made all the vessels that were in the house of the Lord, the golden altar, the golden table for the bread of the presence, the lampstands of pure gold, five on the south side and five on the north, before the inner sanctuary, the flowers, the lamps, and the tongs, of gold, the cups, snuffers, basins, dishes for incense and fire pans of pure gold, and the sockets of gold for the doors of the innermost parts of the house. So even the sockets for the doors, you know, that was made out of gold. The most holy place and for the doors of the nave of the temple. And so again, all gold and all made by Solomon. Mm, maybe he designed them or he took uh, responsibility for the production of these articles that were used exclusively for God's temple. Inside it, and especially um, things like the lampstands, like the table that was actually inside the temple, you know, that was made out of gold, and it was designed, it was commissioned by Solomon directly. Verse 51, almost at the end, thus all the work that King Solomon did on the house of the Lord was finished. And Solomon brought in the things that David his father had dedicated, the silver, the gold, and the vessels, and stored them in the treasuries of the house of the Lord. And so all done. You know, all the furniture. I think, I think this is what this bit is about. It's all the furniture in the, in the house of God. And imagine all your furniture. You know, if you look around here, my furniture is all maybe like from Ikea. It's made out of wood. <laughs> imagine it's all out of gold. It just shows the preciousness and the beauty and the glory of God in his own home. And what do we take away from this? Well, definitely scale and cost and bling again. You know, this is God's temple. But just worth again comparing this with Solomon's own residence. He spent almost twice the amount of time building his own house that was many, many more times bigger than the temple. 
and you just wonder, just wonder his priorities, his focus when building God's temple. You know, the fact that it mentions the temple furniture again at the end of the section, you know, remembering yesterday was talking about temple and then between talking about Solomon's house and then it talks about the furniture for the temple. It means that I think it's hinting at the fact that even though it took seven years to finish the temple, they then had to wait for everything else to finish before the temple was officially opened. Because the point of the temple was having worship of God. So it's not just having a building. And so if you didn't have these articles of worship, you know, things like the table, the basin, and all the pieces of furniture, they're not just there for decorative purposes. They're actually functional for worship. The fact that they weren't ready until this point, it's saying that, well, the temple had to wait for Solomon, you know, had to wait for Solomon's residence, had to wait for all these other things to be done, and then it could be properly functioning as God's presence in the land. And again, talking about priorities, talking about how you use your resources, and talking about where your focus is, even when you're serving God, you know, how you can kind of like sidestep that and focus on your own side hustle. And that might just, you know, diminish the kind of effort that you've put into building this huge ministry, this huge service for God in his temple. Yeah, that was the case here in Solomon uh, in 1 Kings chapter 7. Yep. Okay. So that was a really, really long passage. Well done if you made it this far. Uh, my battery is almost gone, so I'm going to end here. Thank you for listening. This has been the Daily Bible Reading Show, looking at 1 Kings chapter 7. Take care and God bless. Bye. Shh.